Hello, and welcome to the third episode of the Healthcare Maze. Today we're going to start a two-part discussion about health insurance. We're going to go through some basics in today's episode and follow that up with our next episode, episode number four, where we're going to go into a discussion of actually how to pick out a health insurance plan that works for you. First, let's talk about some basics in health insurance. Health insurance doesn't always cover 100% of your cost. In fact, it's designed to split the cost of medical care with you up to a certain point, and that's usually called the out-of-pocket limit. After you've reached your out-of-pocket limit, then normally the insurance covers 100%. Some other ways that the insurance companies split costs with you, deductibles, co-payments, and co-insurance. Those three items in addition to the out-of-pocket costs are, are the four typical ways that insurance companies would share costs with you. All health insurance plans that are considered to be qualified plans need to have what are referred to as the 10 essential benefits. This comes directly out of the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. When the Affordable Care Act was set up initially, there was uh, an individual mandate that was established with a penalty if you did not have insurance coverage in a particular year. However, as of 2019, on a federal level, that mandate's been suspended and there's no longer a federal penalty for not having health insurance. Who should buy health insurance? Basically, everybody should try to get health insurance. Realize that in some instances, financially, that may be difficult to do, but we're going to kind of walk through some different options here for people to think about how they can get access to health insurance. First, let's talk about buying health insurance for a family. In addition to having family coverage that has a family deductible, usually these plans uh, have a deductible for each individual of the family. Once an individual reaches their deductible, any cost above that is, is, is typically covered. And if even if just one individual manages to get to costs, satisfy the entire family deductible, then coverage basically will kick in for the balance of the people. But the important point is to remember that there's a combination of a total family deductible and individual deductibles for each member of the family. Buying health insurance as a student Assuming that uh, a student's parents are okay with their child staying on the health insurance plan, a student can stay on the plan until they're 26 years old. Uh, also, students have the option to purchase a plan uh, through their university. Uh, a lot of the university plans are, are affordable, and it may be a good option to go with the university plan if the parent's plan does not cover the student who might be attending school out of state. If somebody used to work as an employee is now self-employed, they can go and find coverage for themselves as an individual plan, either off exchange for private insurance, or they could go to the 
on exchange or the government exchange and look at healthcare.gov. They could also use what's referred to as a COBRA plan, C-O-B-R-A, as a temporary coverage from their former employer until they find whatever new coverage they need. Health coverage for low-income people. People who are on a low income and and meet the particular state requirements, they may qualify for Medicaid. That's a public health insurance plan. If their income is not low enough for Medicaid, they may be able to get health insurance on the federal marketplace at healthcare.gov. And if their income is between 100% and 400% of the federal poverty guidelines, they will probably qualify for some sort of a subsidy for their premiums. Again, the most important thing here is to reiterate that every effort should be made to try to get some sort of coverage. Unfortunately, when people get seriously ill, if you don't have any insurance, it can turn into a financial disaster, and, and that can lead to either individual bankruptcy or, in, in, some cl- in some cases, home foreclosure. Health insurance for veterans. If you're a veteran, you might qualify for health care through the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, better known as the VA. If you have health insurance coverage through your employer and you're a veteran, you can have and use both your group plan and your VA benefits at the same time. Health insurance, if you're expecting. All health insurance plans that are qualifying health insurance plans cover pregnancy and childbirth-related services. Maternity care and childbirth are one of the 10 essential benefits that are required on a qualifying health plan under the Affordable Care Act. Having a child counts as what's referred to as a qualifying event for a special enrollment period in which you can enroll in a new plan or you can switch plans. Maternity care and childbirth are also covered by Medicaid, again, assuming that you meet the low-income requirements. And CHIP, which is the Children's Health Insurance Program, CHIP, if you qualify for either Medicaid or CHIP and you're expecting, you can apply any time during the year through your state agency or you can go onto the head of the federal marketplace. Health coverage for senior citizens. If you're 65 or older, you should be able to qualify for Medicare. If you get what's referred to as traditional Medicare coverage, it's usually recommended that you get secondary insurance, which is referred to as, to as Medigap. That's M-E-D-I-G-A-P because that can help cover any deductibles, co-pays, or co-insurance that Medicare did not cover. Also, if you have permanent Medicare, you also need to get what's called Part D, as in David, a drug coverage. So you would have basically three components if you have traditional Medicare. We'll talk a little bit more about the parts to Medicare in, in, a, in a little while in the podcast. Health coverage if you're in the military. So now if you're an active duty member, your health care is covered by what's called TRICARE. Uh, That's T-R-I-C-A-R-E. And you don't need to purchase any additional health insurance if you have TRICARE to comply with the Affordable Care Act. 
Let's say you're married, but you have no children. If that's the case, you don't have to buy health insurance as a family. You, you have the option of buying individual plans, and they can in, you can buy from separate companies also. You don't have to make... You don't have to buy them from uh, one company if you don't want to, since all these qualifying plans have to have the 10 essential benefits. Which type of health insurance to buy? There's basically two types. Public health insurance, which we've discussed, Medicaid, Medicare, and CHIP, and private health insurance. Most people in the U.S. get their health insurance from their employer. On exchange private health insurance. This is a situation where on a government-run exchange, either at either run by a state or by the federal government, there's still an opportunity to get private insurance. You have to have the private insurance plan would have to have the 10 essential benefits plus any additional services that might be required by that particular state. Off-exchange basically refers in particular directly to private health insurance. And although all these plans have to have the 10 essential benefits, the off-exchange private health insurance plans, they don't have to have all the different levels or tiers of plans. So in other words, you've probably heard people refer to these different tiers starting at the bronze level, going up to silver, then gold, and all the way up the top at platinum. On the off-exchange private health insurance exchanges, a particular company might specialize, for example, in just the bronze and the silver levels. They may not decide they want to offer gold or platinum. And be private exchange, you may actually get a better deal on some private health insurance. Employer-provided health insurance. This is also known by everyone as group plans. Uh, this, again, is where most people have their coverage in this country. They have to follow, again, the rule of the 10 essential benefits. Usually, if you can get your insurance through your employer, it's from a cost standpoint, it's going to be a better deal because the insurance is being bought for a, a group or pool of people versus you trying to buy the insurance just as a single individual. Short-term health insurance this is unusual for a lot of people. Most people won't get this insurance, but basically it's kind of like a bridge between, let's say, you're leaving one employer, going to another employer, and there's some sort of a waiting period for you to get coverage for health insurance. During that time period, most insurance companies will offer you short-term health insurance just need to be a little careful as far as what kind of coverage you get. This particular type of health insurance is not considered a qualified plan, so it doesn't meet the requirements necessarily of the 10 essential benefits and probably has a cap on the amount of benefits that will pay out. Let's talk about Medicare for a few moments. This is certainly the most popular public health insurance. Again, if you're 65 or older, you generally qualify for Medicare. There are four different parts to Medicare. Part A, which is the inpatient or hospital care portion. Most people don't have to pay any premiums for Part A. So if you qualify for Medicare, you're going to get basically Part A with no monthly premium. Part B is for all outpatient care. Typical example is doctor office visits. 
There's a monthly premium that has to be paid for that. In 2022, the minimum monthly payment would be $170.10. I say minimum because depending on your annual income, this premium can be adjusted upward. But the minimum or what's referred to as the standard monthly premium is $170.10. Part C, this is referred to as the Medicare Advantage plans. And you've probably seen a lot of advertisement for these plans, especially during the open enrollment period. And basically what's going on here is that Medicare beneficiaries are allowed to buy private health insurance. So private health insurance companies basically take over all of the Medicare benefits that you would have normally gotten from traditional Medicare, and they provide it through a private health insurance plan. These plans are pretty popular. There's probably about less data that we've seen, about 55% of Medicare beneficiaries now have uh, Medicare Advantage plans. And what the Medicare beneficiaries like about it is you can get plans at different levels of premiums, different levels of, of co-pays and deductibles, and usually your prescription, your drug costs are, are part of Medicare Advantage plans. Depending on the premium you want to play, pay, excuse me, you may also get coverage for, for vision services also. And then the last part here is Part D, and this is for prescription drug coverage. Now, if you have traditional Medicare, you would get a Part D plan for drug coverage. If you have Medicare Advantage plan, typically those plans include, your payment, your premium payments include coverage for pre prescription drugs. If you're in a situation, unfortunately, where you have some sort of chronic illness as a Medicare beneficiary, it's normally recommended then that you get traditional Medicare, that the costs over the long run will be lower. But if you're relatively healthy and you're not in a situation where you take a lot of prescription drugs, then the Medicare Advantage plan would probably be to your advantage. And again, you have the option every year to make changes as to what kind of coverage you want. Medicare, the other thing that a lot of people like about traditional Medicare you can go to any physician, any hospital, any surgery center who accepts Medicare. Most of the Medicare Advantage plans are regional plans where there's a network. And if your doctor, for example, is not in that network, then you might not be covered. Or you, or you would have to pay more money because your doctor's out of net with an additional charge. All right, let's talk about Medicaid and the Children's Health Insurance Program, or CHIP. This program is funded combination of federal money and state money. The eligibility is on a state-by-state -state basis, but it's primarily designed for people with very low incomes. It's also set up to help families who have small children. The Children's Health Insurance Program is also a federally and state-funded program. It's specifically designed to cover children below the age of 18. I want to talk for a few minutes about the different types of health, private health insurance. First, the HMO, or Health Maintenance Organization. These plans are the most restrictive in the sense of 
what providers of healthcare you can see. You have to normally choose a primary care physician or, a, or what's referred to as a PCP. And that doctor's in, in network. And if for whatever reason you need to see a specialist, the PCP is the one who will refer you to a specialist and the specialist also will be in the network. So since you have a primary care doctor who's overseeing your care and basically directing which specialist you can go to, they have uh, certainly cheaper premiums, the HMO, than other types of private health insurance plans. The second plan we'll talk about here is a preferred provider organization or a PPO. They're just the opposite of an HMO. They're the least restrictive where it comes to accessing providers either within network or out of network. You can choose a primary care physician if you want, but you don't need a referral from that doctor to see a specialist. A third type of private insurance is called an exclusive provider organization or an EPO. And that's a combination of an HMO and a PPO. You still, with an EPO, you can see a specialist without a referral. However, in an EPO plan, if you go out of network, you're not covered. So within the network, you can see whichever specialist you want. But if you again, you can't go out of the network and be covered. Their premiums are a little bit more expensive than an HMO, but less than a PPO because in the PPO, you could also go out of network and see any specialist you wanted. The point of service plan is the last private insurance plan we'll talk about. That's a combination also, it's another combination rather of HMO and PPO. You have a primary care provider that coordinates your care. You have access to a PPO style network and you do have out of network options at a higher cost. So the difference here with point of service and the EPO is your primary care physician can refer you to a specialist outside of the network. But again, you'll, you'll pay a little bit more for that. Let's talk uh, for a few minutes about these different tiers or levels of plans. And this was spelled out in the Affordable Care Act. Again, just to refresh your memory, the lowest level is the bronze level. Then you go up to silver, then gold, and then platinum. Basically, the way this works is at the lowest level of the bronze level, the premiums are the lowest because the cost sharing that you have to have with the insurance company is at the highest. So your co-pays, co-insurance deductibles are very high at the bronze level, but your premiums are low. And just the opposite at the platinum level, where your premiums are very high, but your co-pays, deductibles, and out-of-pocket are the lowest. What we typically see over the years is that the most popular level has been the silver level. That seems to be at a price point where people feel comfortable with the monthly premiums and they're not sharing as many costs concerned with the insurer as at the bronze level. The last discussion, very briefly, has to do with health insurance plans that are called catastrophic plans. These have very high deductibles, 
usually whatever the out-of-pocket max is for a particular plan is what the deductible is. This is very rare. It's only for people under 30 or people have some sort of a hardship exemption. There's no subsidies for these plans and they don't count as a qualifying health insurance plan. All right, next, our next episode will go into a discussion of now that we have the basics, how we choose a particular health insurance plan for ourselves. We're going to go through all the different features of the plans and come up with the pros and cons for each. I want to remind everybody that we take your comments seriously. You can leave us a comment at the email address of the healthcare maze, one word, at gmail.com. That's the healthcare maze at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And please subscribe to the podcast if you want to get an automatic notice as to when a new episode comes out.